I'm doing something James Bond. It's 50th anniversary, and Skyfall comes out 23 weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So I am watching a James Bond movie every week in Hooray! order to lead up to Skyfall. So obviously, I watched Doctor No. No. Yes. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no. And luckily, that's in there. I, I I knew it didn't really have a theme song. Like it it does have that intro, yeah. thank God. But uh, no, it's got like the underneath the mango tree is kind of the mm-hmm. song they use. So it's yeah. kind of underneath the mango like, tree. Yeah, Doctor No is weird because it's like the template hadn't been set yet. Mm-hmm. So it's only basically him starting off in London and then going to Jamaica and staying there the whole movie. I know, mm-hmm. which is like. Bond, what are you doing? You're only one spot. Yeah. I still love that movie, though. That one's no, like so no, much it, fun. Yeah, it's I, hard to not love. I liked it. Uh, it's kind of amazing how right out of the gate, it's like James Bond feels like completely established. Like Connery knew exactly how he wanted to play it, and the directors knew exactly how they wanted him to play it. And so he's just right out of the gate. He's like Bond. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no like getting his footing and figuring it out. It's like, nope. Nope, Connery knows exactly what the hell he's doing, and like he just, even from the first scene, he fucking takes over. Yeah, you know, like every time he's on scene, he's just like the only thing you care about. Yeah, didn't didn't Fleming have a pretty hefty hand in the early ones, or was it? Uh, well, those are the ones that are bo- more based on the books. Yeah, you know, I think it's after I want to say after Thunderball, they kind of were running out of them really, yeah. as, as far as like running parallel to how the books work, but. But yeah, that's that one's weird because the first half is so much better than the second half. Because the first half is him kind of doing the detective work and going around and being sneaky Bond. Yeah, and you know, bedding chicks. And yeah, chicks. Well, that, I mean, the whole it's questioning the, suspects. The whole and, sequence where he, he beds the one chick that he knows is a is yeah. a traitor is so amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like that, the way that plays out and everything, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to order food. No, we can't go anywhere. It's like, oh yeah, all right. Yeah, <laughs> let me get a taxi. Right. <laughs> and then the taxi is yeah. the cops, and she's like, <laughs> "You bastard." <Yeah. laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever. Yep. Yeah, and then the one dude shows up and he just fucking kills him in cold blood, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So, but yeah, the second half. Then the second half gets really pacing's odd, and it's a lot of just. I, I think I described it to Chuck. It's like when you're playing a video game, like Call of Duty or something, and then suddenly you hit the stealth mission. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I got to sneak around. You know, that's kind of like how the movie feels. It's like. The pace changes so drastically. Yeah, he's all he's doing is sneaking around and hiding from things. Are you talking yeah. like from the moment he hits the island or yeah. after okay. Yeah. Like everything once he's on Doctor No's Island is just kinda like, ugh. Up at least up until, you know, and Ursula Andrews Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's like <sighs> she's yeah, she makes for good eye candy, but I don't know. Like their chemistry's weird too. Yeah. But but yeah, it, but the conversation with Doctor No at the end is pretty Awesome. And then it's over really quickly. Like I had forgotten how quickly that movie wraps up one, you know, after the, uh, after the dinner scene with Dr. No, mm-hmm. but it's like, mm-hmm. Nope, bam, 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 done. <laughs> so, but I, I'm looking forward to from Russia with love this week. I remember that. That one's slow. There's something about that one. Like after watching it directly after Dr. No, it's, it was difficult. Like if you watch it really? by itself, it feels better. I just remember like that one. It's not that it's bad. It's just, it's a weird pacing compared to Dr. No. See what you think. Okay. Well, I mean, Dr. No just feels very different from yeah. what I recall Bond films, because I haven't watched any of them other than the uh, Daniel Craig ones in 10 years, okay. at least. Like, I think Die Another Day was, <laughs> that was 10 years ago already that it came out. So everything, like, you know, I had watched them all when the box sets came out and seen them on TV plenty of times in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's good to refresh my memory on all of them, too. Indeed. Yeah. So, yeah, expect me to be talking about 
one of those each week. Cool. For a while. Yay. Yay. So, yeah. Why don't you talk about Bond there, Mackie? From Russia with Love. Ooh, that's the second From one. It is. Russia. Does it tie up all the unresolved Dr. No questions? You know, it doesn't, but oh. they actually reference some of them, which... I had forgotten that they actually attempted continuity at some point in weird. the Bond films. That's weird because was, they don't uh, do that now. The, the very first chick he picks up from uh, in Dr. No, mm-hmm. Sylvia Trench, shows up in From Russia with Love in the beginning. Oh. And he's boning her and she's like, I haven't seen you yeah. in six months. Now you have to leave again. And he's like, yeah, yeah. but I'm fucking Bond, so shut up. <laughs> and, uh, shut your mouth. And, they also, <laughs> yeah, and also when Blofeld first shows up, uh-huh. they don't show his face. They only show him petting the cat. Sure. But he mentions, oh, this will make up for losing our operative Dr. No. Uh-huh. So I was like, wow, continuity. And then. Unreal. But no, this one's, uh, it's it's Amazing. almost weird how different the pacing and the the size of the movie is. Because mm-hmm. this is all like spy intrigue stuff. Like figuring out who's on whose side and, yeah. and playing the odds and, and all that sort of stuff as opposed to just like. Sneaking around and killing dudes. Sure. Because there's not much of that at all. But, I mean, there's still... The fight on the train with Robert Shaw is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Because it's just... You know, it's very brutal for the time. The way they kind of beat the crap out of each other. And uh, it's... I liked it better than Dr. No, but I didn't like anything in it as much as I liked the first half of Dr. No. But it's definitely better than the second half of Doctor No. But it's still, it's weird because I, right. <laughs> I didn't like it as much as I remembered liking it. Connery's still awesome, but the score is really weird. It's so weird because I mean they like let John Barry go nuts with the brass and the, but they don't use it right. Yeah, it's like he's searching a hotel room for bugs and stuff, and it's like, and he's like, the bugs now, the bugs. But then later on, there's like the helicopter chase where the guys are swooping by on the helicopter, dropping grenades at him, and he's like hiding behind rocks and running around. No score whatsoever. Yeah, fight on the train. No score whatsoever. But it works in that case with the fight on the train, where it's just the sound of them just beating the crap out of each other and. And the train going down the tracks. Like, Hmm. that scene is so much a standout in that movie. Hmm. It's also weird because it feels like a prequel, almost. Because Bond seems to fuck up a lot in this one. (laughs) As opposed to Dr. No, where he was, like, super confident and he always knew what he was doing, like, almost all the time. Mm -hmm. Bond isn't quite as badass as he was in Dr. No. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just... It's very weirdly paced, and that chick just, like... From the second she sees Bond, she's like, I love you, Bond. We are in love forever. <laughs> hey, and, it's the 60s, well, of course. Man. Yeah. And that's kind of weird, too. But yeah. I, but it's one of those where you just like go with it because it's, it's Bond. So, of course, she's going to be madly in love with him. Sure. It's not from Russia with mild interest. It's yeah. from Russia with love. <laughs> love. God damn it. Love. Yeah. And, and there's a decent explosion after the boat chase at the very end, even though the boat chase is very clumsily filmed. But that's a product of its time. Cool. So there we go. Goldfinger's next. Yay! I no. predict I will like Goldfinger Finger. quite a bit because yeah. I have seen that one enough times to remember everything about Goldfinger, and it's pretty awesome. Cool. Right. Right. Anyway, so you want to hear about Bond? Oh, let's. Yes. Let's hey, do that. You saw another Bond movie? I did. I watched Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Dude, Goldfinger fucking rules. Really? Yes. Huh. 
I remember everything it, it about fondly. Goldfinger yes. to me holds up. Everything about it is fun. It moves at a great pace, and Connery is so good. It's like well, that's where they kind of just finally hit their stride. Yeah, that's right? the one. Yeah. This is the one where they figured it all out. Yeah, you know because. There's certain things that are good about Dr. No, certain things are good about From Russia With Love. This one's like, all right, here it all is. Here it is. <laughs> they put the good I together. mean, this is the one where they established the template that they've been sticking to since then, mm-hmm. for the most part. Big, crazy plot. Yeah, they get the big, the big, you know, the, the larger-than-life villain, mm-hmm. which that's the big thing compared to the first two, is you have a villain that shows up early, yeah. and he's got an awesome henchman, mm-hmm. and he is the villain is as cocky as Bond is. And that's what's fun about him is he's he's like confident and in control as much as Bond feels like he's confident and in control. Now, refresh my memory. Did Goldfinger work for Spectre? Is this a Spectre movie? That's the only one where uh, the only Connery one where he doesn't. Okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't. They, they I was trying to remember the tie-in, and I couldn't. Yeah, he's out. basically just a gold broker, like a okay that's, smuggler. That's type what I thought. Thing, but yeah, and he's just got this giant plan, and you know that's what's executed in the second half. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's just. Oh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. They got great gadgets with the gas. Yeah, yeah. they got the did, car. Did Q show up in this one, or is it? Did you know, he, show up he, before? he shows up in From Russia with Love. Yeah, because he not only does it in Doctor No. So. Yeah, yeah, and this is, and also like the score is fixed. It's not oh, they use it like, appropriately. Yeah, it's like it shows up when it needs to. And the Goldfinger theme, obviously, that song is awesome. Yeah, and for me, it's neck and neck between that and You Only Live Twice as the best Bond songs. Mm. But they also it's fun because it Play gets. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it also it gets woven into the storyline, like like into the soundtrack as the story goes. Mm-hmm. They use different variations of it, which are you know yeah. That's when they work. started orchestrating the song that was used, and then it's sort of like yeah, because like from like Doctor No, it's Mango Tree, which just kind of shows up. Yeah, uh, from Russia with Love, it's only in the over the closing credits that it plays, because I think it's just the Bond theme they use for the opening credits of From Russia with Love. And this one, it's like, nope, here's. You know, and, and this one too, like the intro is great. Mm-hmm. Like the intro is fantastic because Bond is just totally in control and totally badass the entire time. Mm-hmm. And he's just dropping one liners left and right at people. You know, and that's the one where he tosses the he tosses the heater into the tub with the oh, dude who's yeah. in there. He just goes shocking. Yes. <laughs> shocking. Slams the door and and they kick into the theme song. I mean, that's it's it's a product of its time because it does feel considerably dated, mm-hmm. but that does not make it any less entertaining than what it is. Cause that movie is terrific and it's short too. It's like the shortest bond movie, I think out of all of them just move along and it just, just fucking moves. It's like bam, 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 bam. Cool. So yeah. Like, yeah. Love that movie. Best one so far. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> easily. Okay. Easily. And it's probably going to be at the top of the pile for a, a while. All right. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going along. <laughs> I know. Thunderball is next. Hmm. And that hmm. one, I remember liking Thunderball a lot, too. I will see. And that's yeah. the one they remade for the non-official one, right? Yeah, it's uh, the yeah, only that was story is, that yeah. they don't have the rights to. So whenever well, someone wants to remake that shit. The story was that was the original screen adaptation that they wanted to do. Was Ian Fleming wrote it with this other guy. And then that was going to be the first movie. Mm-hmm. And just... It didn't work out. He did. Fleming just got sick of the screenwriting process and said, fuck it. And then decided to write it into a book mm-hmm. and kind of used a bunch of shit that the other guy had come up with yeah. in the book. So then the guy's like, cool. You know, he sued. They settled. So he still had partial rights to it. And that's how it 
how it all went down that they were able to remake that movie at least. Yeah. So like whenever you hear the rumor that like, oh, they're doing this rival Bond series, it's it's always a remake of Thunderball. Yeah. So because that's the only one <laughs> that's the can. only one they have the rights to. Yeah. Uh, only complaint I'd have about Goldfinger is the chicks aren't as hot as some of them in the other ones. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> and I love that in the book, uh, Pussy Galore is actually just a lesbian, which is why she's immune to Bond's charms. <laughs> <laughs> and then he converts her at the end of the book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I that wonder why bigger, that didn't make it into the movie. That name know, makes a lot know. more sense now. Yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. But um instead yeah. in this one but, you practically but just But she is her. good because she's like the first chick who's not just like swoon as soon as Bond walks in the door. She's right. like, no fucker, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. So yeah. Connery rules, Goldfinger rules, watch it. I probably will. All right. How amazing. So hey, let's talk about some movies we saw. We'll break up some of these emails. Sure thing. Shall we? All righty. Tell us it. about the Bond. Part Thunderball. four. Was this week? Mm-hmm. Was, is Tom Jones here? No. I heard him. It's, I mean, it yeah. wouldn't be unusual not, for Not my show. favorite Bond theme song. I but love God, he's, I he sings the hell he's, out of it, though. Yeah, that's what I love about, about that theme is he just sells mm-hmm. the fuck out of Thunderball. Yep. Oh, yeah. And the song makes no sense, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense, but he strikes like Thunderball. Yeah. He's just <laughs> only like, makes sense. But Tom Jones <laughs> is all in. It's actually yeah, a common Walsh phrase. <laughs> well, yeah. they actually said like he passed out hitting that note at the end because really? they made him hold it so long. <laughs> nice. I'm impressed. Dude's my hero. Yeah, I, I fucking but, love Tom Jones. Sorry. Yeah, theme song aside, yeah, Thunderball. I liked almost as much as Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's got so much good stuff in it. I mean, the music among yes. the best in the series. The music in that film is fucking phenomenal. Yep, yeah, I think that they, score like they is amazing. That was like finally when they nailed it. Well, that's like when you know, and they've got, and then this is the good and the bad part is almost forty five minutes worth of underwater photography. Mm-hmm. That man, they want to show you every damn thing that's happening underwater. Yeah, but because there's no dialogue, you get all that score, and it is such good stuff and it like that's like a lot of bubbles you know when people talk about like portishead albums where they're like oh they used all the samples from john barry music like that's where it is where there's like that really small woodwind mm-hmm. thing that'll be the theme when he's sneaking around it's like they figured all of it out in that one and then the underwater has got like the all the strings and just mm-hmm. god it's so oh that soundtrack is so good but that movie feels too, way too long it is a long movie I, and I, it is I was, 20 minutes longer than than Goldfinger, but it feels about an hour longer. Well, I it felt like it took forever. I, I will say I actually caught up. I've been following along now, playing yeah. the home game. Um, I was trying to watch this movie on the, the day we were going to record the ep, uh, an episode here, and there was a tropical storm. It was flooded. You guys literally couldn't get to the studio. Yeah. I made it. I started watching <laughs> Thunderball <laughs> at like 3.30, 4 o'clock when we were going to record at 6, 6.30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and because I, I was pausing trying to figure out what we're doing, get people mm-hmm. here, coordinate. I didn't finish watching that movie till like eight. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know, it made it feel like even longer. I was yeah. just like, is Thunderball ever going to be over? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll admit I watched it the same night as Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. So that's, it that's was a lot of bond. That was a bond marathon yeah. and a half, mm-hmm. but that movie like, on the superstation, there's so much good stuff in that movie. It has my favorite one liner he gives or his favorite quip so far you know which one's that um when he locks the guy in in the very beginning when he's in the steam rooms and everything mm-hmm. he locks the guy in the um 
in the steam room, yeah. and he and he walks out, and and it's it's framed greatly because you you walk outside, and the, and the room says irrigation or something mm-hmm. like that, and he's like, oh, "See you later, irrigator." That's, yeah, <laughs> that's the best fucking one. God, was, that hurts my head. Oh, that was so yes, good. And by the way, BJ, when you mentioned the traction table, yes, that's it's in Thunderball. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the beginning of Thunderball. That's in. Yeah, I, I've. I love that line though. That, that's he has he has one liners throughout oh, yeah. that one. Oh yeah, like, but I mean just as much as Goldfinger. It's it's set up well because he even actually kind of like stops and looks up at the sign, and then it's like he comes up with the line. So <laughs> yeah. it, it it works well. I sorry, yeah, I like the stupid one. But um, <laughs> this one Spectre's back. Yeah, and they feel threatening. And I think what I like the most about Thunderball is throughout it always feels like the bad guys are two steps ahead of Bond. Like you don't you didn't really I mean. Goldfinger, it felt like he was evenly matched, but this one, it feels like they're always just a step ahead of him with their plan, and he's all constantly having to adapt to figure out what they're doing. Like he's catching up. Well, yeah. Goldfinger feels like he spends a third of the movie hanging out with the bad guys. Yeah. I mean, it's like he goes there and they're like, well, you're not well, leaving. Thunderball, he spends half yeah. the movie. Like, that's. He, he hangs out at the. Yeah, he hangs out at the. Yeah, and I mean, they know who Bond is, mm-hmm. and he knows who they are, and they're just like, he's like, hey, I'm going to date your. Uh, Date your chick, if you don't mind. Domino. Yeah. And speaking of the chicks, Mm -hmm. God, the women in this are hot. Like, Yeah, Domino, I think, is the first one that gives uh, Ursula Andress a run for her money. Yeah, well, she was former Miss France, so... France. That helps. (laughs) Evil of France. (laughs) But yeah, but also the the other bad chick that he beds midway through, even though he knows she's a Spectre agent, doesn't care. Doesn't care. Bangs her. Plow that. And then... But I do... (laughs) I do appreciate that afterwards she's like, yeah, everyone sleeps with you and they turn good, not me. Fuck you, Bond. Right. And he's like, well, you know, I had a gun under the pillow. I was going to shoot you if I had to. So whatever. (laughs) She's like, you bastard. (laughs) He's just, there's so much good stuff in Thunderball. It's just so much of that underwater stuff drags. Because, I mean, it's cool to see how they dispose of the plane. Mm -hmm. Like you, you get their plan and how elaborate they are with it, but. When you get to the finale, you're finally like, let's just do this. The finale, and though, underwater is great, though. Cause, it like, is great. They send in like an equal number of guys to fight the equal number of bad guys. <laughs> yeah. So they're having underwater knife fights. And, yeah, yeah, it's all one-on-one. Fights yeah. And just, yeah, there's so much cool stuff, oh, but it just keeps going. Yeah. On little on. underwater scooters with the with the spear guns mounted to them. Oh, oh yeah. It's brilliant. So it's, like, it's like Megaforce watched that and was like, <laughs> right, do, that, do that. But in the desert. Now, okay, I haven't I haven't seen any of the early Bonds in forever, but mm-hmm. so what what is Thunderball's version of the crazy, stunny video game in the remake, Never Say Never Again? What's the Thunderball version of that? What, what's the thing the two bad guys sit down and, or the bad guy and Bond sit down and do? Is it just Baccarat or something? I mean... Yeah, I, they play Baccarat at one point, okay. but they don't really, like, they don't really face off that way. No. No. I don't think there's any kind of, like... Thing where they kind of do skeet yeah. shooting at one point, but that's about it. Okay. Where Bond is like pretending he doesn't know what he's doing, and then he shoots from the hip and nails the skeet. Like, it's a mighty good looking gun like, for a woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Thunderball. Now, dog. It, it it's long, but it's still easily almost up there with Goldfinger. Yeah. Goldfinger's Ten just stars. a step above. Because Connery, you know, Connery's again at the height of his powers. He's just awesome <laughs> in this movie. He's a wizard. Yeah. I love that he gets shot in the ankle and he barely limps, and then he just walks it off later. He's like, yeah, whatever. It's a robot. Good-looking women, beautiful-looking locales. Yeah. It's nice going back to the islands. You know, I mean, I know it's the Bahamas and not Jamaica, but... Yeah, and it's also the first time they show all the agents... 
because he goes into the meeting and he takes the seventh chair in the room. Mm-hmm. Ah. But they show them all from behind, so you don't. No, see you, them. Get, you get to see them in the front. Yeah, you a get to bit. see a couple of them. Yeah, but, but like they're not focused on really. anyone we know. Nope. No, oh. it's just dudes. There's like there's one dude's got like a full beard, <laughs> weird looking dude. Yeah. And there's also some Felix Leiter. Yeah. Yeah. The a different, young, younger younger different, Felix yeah, Leiter. A different guy every time. I don't know why they couldn't cast that. Like, that well, it's weird. It's the you know he's not really he may not really be a man called Felix Leiter. It's you know quote it's unquote Agent Felix Leiter. Contact. Yeah. Oh, so mm, yeah. this is the same James Bond principle. Yeah, the same yeah, as the right. 007 is just, just a code use the name. names. Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying like every movie showed up he's a different guy. It's just funny to me. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I going back to our remake. If they go back and do a uh, time period thing mm-hmm. again, I'm I'm with you on the John Hamm playing Felix Glider thing, but mm-hmm. Fassbender, Fassbender has to play Bond. That is, uh, to me, there's God, absolutely that's brilliant. There's no question. Like they they literally should fire Daniel Craig now. Like just like <laughs> let him make like Skyfall's made. Like seriously, just be like. Thanks, thanks, but no thanks. We made a mistake. Here's the guy that should have been playing Bond. Thanks. I yeah, yes, because he he has kind of a I mean when Connery he look, watching Glorious Bastards again when he does when he does the like after he's been caught and he flips the you know it's oh like, yeah if I'm going out and I'm gonna you know mind if I speak the kings like I was like fuck that's Bond like yeah yeah like I'm I'm fucked but I'm going to play it absolutely I think cool. the only issue is he's kind of a tiny dude too no he's not he's really not he's, I don't know he's like, tall isn't well he? in Haywire he looked tiny. Next oh. to what's her face, well, they can shoot he's him. Also, like an They can shoot low angles on him. I, I think he's. But yeah, whatever. well, I mean, Pierce Brosnan was a, was a midget. He's like three <laughs> and a half feet. tall. I don't tall. think Daniel Craig's all that big, is he? I don't know. But I don't know. I mean, in Hollywood is over five. Yeah, feet but tall. Jesus, yeah, I mean, I'm taller than Tom both Cruise Stallone and Al yeah, Pacino. Tom and Tom Cruise is an action midget. star. He's yeah. like five seven. Yeah, okay, these people fine. are midgets. Yeah, I dwarf them. But yeah, I could see Fassbender doing that. Fassbender six foot. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. He's sizable dude. Well, then that chicken haywire is huge. And all probably. He, he probably yeah. just needs to put on put on a few pounds. No, no. I mean, yeah. trust me. I saw shame. He he's fine. <laughs> okay. Dude's oh yeah. Buff. Well, I mean, he's last yeah. last yeah. I saw yeah. him, you like that? Oh yeah. Last right. I saw him was in Prometheus, and he seemed slim to me in, yeah. in Prometheus. Maybe. Yeah. It could have been just the outfit, but but no, I could. Yeah, I I could go for that casting. Too bad it will never happen because haven't they signed Craig for a bunch more movies? No, I don't know. We could just assassinate him. Why don't we just like? Jesus. Why don't we just make a? <laughs> I don't know. But we just make is, a I don't think thing. Daniel Craig is bad. No, he's not bad. He's it's just wrong for the role. He's just, it's just you can't you can't continue Daniel Craig and suddenly go. Hey, it's the '60s. That's what I'm saying. Like right. they, they literally need to reboot. You want Bond. a total reboot? Yes, I want to. I like you said. I want a time period Bond. I 60s want a, period piece. And the thing is, is, like you could build some badass sets and bring in some real cars, and the rest can be CG. You, I mean, the CG is good good enough these days that you can make 1960s London and yeah. not have to. Go there or do weird things to not have to go to nineteen sixty. You know what I'm saying? Like or recreate it. Like (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like I mean, they do like painstaking recreations of streets as they looked in the time. You know, it's like just fucking CG that shit. Just right. Yeah, I mean, they did it with Captain America for the forties. Yeah, yeah. The cars are easy enough to come by. So yeah, but yeah, I could I could definitely see Fassbender doing it. Yeah, and people love him. Yeah, and he's British. Yep, that's important. Well, he's. He was born in well, Germany. He's from the UK. Yeah. Okay. Grew up he's, in can Ireland. He can speak with a British accent. He can. He can do it. He can do it well. And unlike some other Robin Hoods, <laughs> I God. speak with a British accent. That whole plot. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> you. Right, okay. Live twice. So, well, let, let's start it off. Chuck, you've caught up with us. Now. Yeah, I'm here. So you are. I'm ready to go. I'm on board. Three of us have watched. Bj, I will be catching up. Yeah. Okay. Now that he's back from vacation, mm-hmm. he's he's back on the case. 
and if anybody else wants to get caught up encore is running all of these things in hd yeah so i've been watching all of the 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 only live twice was on tonight and i was going to wait but i couldn't okay yeah sorry yeah sorry yeah so (laughs) you only live twice Uh uh-huh aka bond goes to japan yes yes pretty much it written by roald dahl Mm -hmm. sure that's weird. Yeah. James Bond in the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Yeah. That's what? like, like I had forgotten. And when that came up on the credits, I was like, wow, like yeah. I had the same name. What? And then I, I quickly looked it up <laughs> on my phone. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Roll doll. My, my wife made me rewind the credits twice. Like that came up and she was like, wait, go back. And I was like, yeah, yep. it's him. And then she was like, this song is using that Robbie Williams song. I'm like, yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> so. And then she went. To and also it in Mad Men. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, that was the. She was like, "Wait, what's the song?" And I said, "It's the end song from Mad Men." She's like, "No, no, no." I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "No, it's that. It's sampled in that Rob Williams song." I was like, uh, uh, "So you only <laughs> had to re- you only Williams. had to rewind twice." Yeah, okay. just twice. Son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for my money, that is the best Bond theme song. It's pretty good. R- really? Did yes. Nancy's, okay. Yep. Nancy Sinatra one. Okay. That song's terrific. All right. It's all right. I, mean, I still like Thunderball as nonsensical as it is. Yeah. <laughs> but no, just the symphony, and then there's like that dark bass line that goes through it. I mean, it's really a good, good song. Yeah. It's a good Bond song. That's my favorite. Not my favorite. But yeah. <laughs> still living like You only live twice. Uh huh. Not my favorite. No, no, not my favorite either. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. That would have made an amazing Banff cast movie if it were not a Bond movie. It's that dumb. has like all, you know, the James Bond. This is like what action movies if it had been a james from. bond ripoff yeah but th- this movie if we had just straight up watched this as a banff cast movie this yeah. has all the stupid crazy shit that we love in banff cast movies mostly stretched because, out a lot <laughs> yeah it's it was the first time in this in watching them so thus far yeah that my enjoyment felt ironic <laughs> like that i was like watching it in a banff cast manner where it's like this is so fucking crazy. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. You know, but it's like as a Bond thing, like when you're following up Goldfinger and Thunderball, it's like, okay, this is kind of stupid and goofy. And, you know, I mean, they're putting James Bond in Japanese makeup for no reason. No reason. Waxing None. his chest. No reason whatsoever. So he can pretend to be a fisherman for two minutes. For two minutes. And then he jumps in the water and it's all gone. The hair, yep. the makeup, everything gone. He's just James Bond again. It's the dumbest nonsensical plot line I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just put a Spock wig on Sean Connery. Oh, and that wig. <laughs> like there's... It's just... But their plan is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's, it's a ridiculous plan. Spectre <laughs> has built their own rocket to that kidnaps other rockets. Other rockets. <laughs> In space. I know. And it always that's bothers a, me that people make fun plan. of Moonraker. It's like, Moonraker's so stupid. It's like, have you seen You Only Live Twice? <laughs> there are rockets eating other rockets and bringing them back to Earth. <laughs> yeah. Yo, no. I heard you though, like rockets. <laughs> though, I will say that music cue that they use during those scenes is yeah. fucking amazing, too. Yeah. The music is, is getting better. I mean, yeah. to the point. I mean, it's really firing on all cylinders See, at this, this point. This is what's strange is I actually really like this one. And not so much, ironically, there are a couple terrible effect shots. Oh, oh it, up to this point, that's honestly, I Jesus. I don't even judge the old ones by effect no, shots. I, I but, but I mean, there, there is. I mean, like the boat chase at the very end of Thunderball is yeah. atrocious. Yeah. The sped up mm-hmm. stuff, but yeah, but I mean, there the um, there is literally a shot that I think is used at least twice, maybe three times of the helicopter blowing up. It's the same shot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. 
where it's just stand. It's just yeah. a helicopter just in place that blows up and then falls straight down. Right. But then there's yeah. always the one behind it. Yeah. That's yeah. still there. But anyway, I mean, like that aside, and there's like the terrible, there's like almost like hand animation, drawn animation at one point. There was like a weird. The volcano. Yeah. It's oh, like this yeah. weird split screen effect where like there's an explosion going on in the background, but there's all this like cartoon lava going yeah. down. Yep. It's like, all what right. the like, hell is all, going all on All of here? that aside and the, and the stupid side plot of dressing like a Japanese guy. Other than that, like yeah. I really like this movie. And um I just, I mean, like, almost completely un- ironically. I mean, it's like, it has fucking ninjas, and they go through, like, showing the ninja training, and they rappel into the God, volcano, yeah. and, yeah, I, and shit goes crazy in there. When I was at watching it, I actually wrote Chuck, because he goes, <laughs> do you have commandos? And he goes, no, we have better ninjas. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, you have an army of goddamn ninjas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here they are. <laughs> but that's, that's why I, like, I don't, that's why it bugged me that I didn't love this one. Because there are so many, like the fight he has in the uh, in the office where they're like throwing the couches oh, at God, each other. They're fighting that with couches. Fight, that's fucking amazing. That fight is awesome. <laughs> it's just that I fight have a couch. Is now so you have a couch. Good. <laughs> like there are so many so good things. Yeah. But and the poison thing, you know, doing the yeah. the yeah. thing. I mean, like, oh, there's so many good things in this. Yeah. There's now there. I mean, there's a lot of just padded out crap in this. Just yeah, stretched out talking. And, and that was my issue with the movie is. It's like they made a Bond checklist and like, well, we got to have this and we got to have this and we got to have this. And so they just threw them in and it's like they didn't take another pass at the script to tie them all together and give them reason to link to each other. Mm -hmm. And that's what bugs me about it is it just it feels like thing, 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 thing. And there's not a thread that's pulling all those together. Yeah, and some of the Bond movies do that, and it's one reason that I think Goldfinger is so great is that because like when Goldfinger start to finish is one central thing, whereas most Bond movies are about, it's like, okay, here's this 25-minute plot that will then take him to this next 25-minute plot, which will then take him to this next 25-minute mm-hmm. plot, which all ties together at the end, kind of. Yeah. That's the bulk of these things, which is just like set piece, set piece, set piece. All of them have different enemies slash, you know, now it's the Russians, now it's the Japanese, now it's this. So... I get what you're saying there. It's yeah. it's very segmented. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care for any of the Bond girls in this one at all. Oh, well, the one barely spoke any freaking English in the beginning. None of them do. Yeah, I, that's, yeah the second one was And dumb. that is an issue is it's... I, I'm sick of this process it, it, and I'm just now sort of picking up on it, rewatching these things again of they would just hire someone who looked the part and then it would just be like, well, just dub whatever later. Well, they, they look right. It's in like, the trivia that said this was the last one they did the ADR dubbing. Good. Because like they're using well, the same voices over and over again. Yeah, And what they did with the voices, I mean, it's like, hero, Mr. Bond, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're like yeah. really Japanese stereotyping yeah. it up, which, you know, in the sixties, right. They didn't care. Well, and the it's goofy thing like too, the- for me is that like, at this point, actors from like the pink Panther series and stuff like that have started showing up sometimes more than once, very prominently on camera. And I'm like that. There's no reason to dub that dude. I know he speaks perfect English. I've heard him do it. Mm-hmm. Why are you dubbing him with some other dude's voice and like some cartoon actor's voice? Yeah. It, it, you know, but and- I, you know, I like that finally there was a Blofeld character this thing finally paid itself off yeah of here's guy mm-hmm. but and god i wish he was more imposing i mean i'm i because he's just like a scrawny you know yeah, i mean he's donald t- pleasance but he's just 
and he looks creepy, but he's just a scrawny dude. But they never should have had him stand up next to Bond because that dude's yeah. tall, and you know he's little Donald Pleasant. Though God, there is one scene near the end that is like my favorite thing that I've seen <laughs> thus far in the entire series. Is it when the cat freaks out? It is when the cat <laughs> he's holding the cat, and the wall blows up right behind him, and that cat freaks the fuck out it's almost like it was a puppet it was so just <laughs> like, determined like holy shit holy shit holy shit <laughs> and, and donald pleasance holy crap that he, cat must have ripped the he fuck out i of mean donald you know pleasance. he had a giant yeah. like that had to be a thick ass chat because they had to know something like that was going to happen because yeah. that cat dug in yeah. and that cat's eyes get three times bigger that's what i'm saying it was like a muppet at that point it yeah, was like but i mean look and, at this cat but he's holding it like with <laughs> let's a, go far <laughs> he had to have a death grip on the back yeah. of that cat's head yeah and he just keeps going through the scene never doesn't acknowledge it at I all i know which makes you wonder like was that the first take well it had to be i don't think they could have got yeah no. it had to be one take because they blow that wall the yeah. hell up yeah right they couldn't have done them. that again well the one with the gunshot that the cat leaps out of his arms and hides and behind, hides behind, behind the, the guy one, and dude. then vanishes the you next. never see it again yeah. and well, like in the trivia yeah, it's the like trivia, the cat so disappeared for like hit. three days <laughs> it just hit up in the rafters and shit and they were like where's the cat i don't know <laughs> yeah, it hit on set for like yeah. three days it says wow <laughs> yeah man but no, but that's like all the goofy Austin Powers stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other, other than Frau Farvacina is right. in <laughs> You Only Live Twice. Yeah, I mean, this is Most the first one where it's like is in there. volcano base and ridiculous plot to do cause, you know, like the mm-hmm. United States and Russia to go into nuclear war and just zany ending of 30 minutes of dudes dropping from the ceiling over yeah. and over and over again and getting shot and stabbed and more dudes drop in yeah, and god that set had to be gigantic pinewood studios man they you just you look at that and you're like people built that i mean i know it's yeah. a set but jesus look at it you know i it's mean pretty it's, awesome. it's in, you're i mean it's got a working like monorail system in it that mm-hmm. it, it was looks, a shitty monorail system it looks no reason. stupid yeah it's <laughs> yeah. like just walk over to that location yeah. dude <laughs> But I mean, like, just giant staircases. I don't know where they're going, but just stairs everywhere. I did, and I did the, like the scientists were color coded, like uh, from Doctor No. Yeah, again, yeah, I yellow and back. red. They had their specific tasks. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Yeah, the red shirts were in trouble. Yeah. Just, yeah, but that so far, that one's at the bottom of my list. I hate to say, I, I still think it's better than Doctor No. I. I do. We're gonna have to just reveal our lists at the end of this to uh, rank these I, things. I can letterbox. I got it posted. No, yeah. I mean I know, but I'm just saying by the end, this is gonna be just so wildly different. Oh yeah. So like, far, like, once honestly, we get into I, I can watch Doctor No a thousand times more than uh, any of the ones I've watched. watched. Even Doctor. Goldfinger. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Wow. I, I could have watched mm-hmm. Thunderball over Goldfinger. I like Goldfinger. Don't get me wrong, but Thunderball is just more exciting to me for some mm-hmm. strange reason. Chuck didn't like Thunderball. No, it made me sleepy. Yeah, no, I, I like I, Tom Jones, yeah, but yeah, I would rank this higher than from from Russian Love is still probably my bottom one so far. Oh, I love that movie; it's so good. <laughs> this was crazy. Like, like that's what's great about the Connery Bonds yeah. is everyone. They're all so different. Them all different. They're all different. I mean, you know, you you sort of like looking back, you sort of lump them all together. It's like, okay, Blofeld does this, and mm-hmm. Dude with Cat. It's like, no, none of them are like that. It's yeah, like they all have their own distinct yeah, flavor, really. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I wish. I wish Connery hadn't been sick of the role at this point because he does seem bored and just like not. I've read some shitty things about Connery during that time. He was just a dick. Now, granted, he was getting just besieged from all angles about. I mean, like, you know, the paparazzi's bad now, but mm-hmm. Jesus, then they were just like, you know, doing ridiculous things to get a picture of him. Yeah, but so, but it really shows that he was like, I'm done. Yeah. 
because he just he didn't care. Like his he he just was so. Well, I just not there for the role. Yeah, like, I know. It just really watch, feels like he's just going through the motions. Yeah, you watch Goldfinger, and he's just gleeful throughout that whole thing. I mean, just oh, yeah. delivering the lines and just doing all the crazy stuff. And Thunderball, it's a little downhill from there, but you can't really see his expression because he's underwater the entire movie. <laughs> And which kept making me laugh because you keep seeing his expression just in the little scuba mask and that's all you can see. And it's always like this look of bewilderment. It's just like, ooh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, because of that, next week on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yay. Yay. Hey, there's still one more Bond to go. Yeah. After that. One more Connery, you mean. Comes yeah, back. yeah. I mean, everyone else yeah. is not Bond. They're like, here's a pile of money, Sean. Yeah. Please come back and, and not... From what I recall of Diamonds Are Forever, that's kind of how he treated it. It's like, well, you guys are paying me, so here I am. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want me to yeah. do this? Well, whatever. But yeah, I, I'll i be interested to see what I think of on Her Majesty's Secret Service this time around. I'm also Because for a long time, that was my favorite. For a very long time. I would be interested to see if you still think that. Yeah. <laughs> but that that's also, I believe, the longest one out of all of them, too. So Great. that will have something to do with it. I can't wait to catch up. Yeehaw. You should totally catch up. It's fun I, to talk about these movies. We'll be caught up. This week's Bond, On Her on Majesty's bond. Secret Service. Not a real Bond. Starring oh. Chuck. Oh, no. Chuck. It's by Ion, so it counts. Whatever. George Lazenby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably the most maligned Bond. George Lazenby. You think? Yep. Uh, sure. Agreed? Pa- yes. Papa Stargrove Lazenby. Yes. 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 Better known as the cigar store Indian, <laughs> George Lazenby. Yeah. So he, he, had, he had Sean Connery's eyebrows. That was about all he had going for him. Everyone had Sean Connery's eyebrows. Oh, that was just sure. the way it was back then. <laughs> yeah, he just th- handed them out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you were issued them in the hospital, apparently. So this one's weird. Oh, okay. Like, huh? I, I remember this being my favorite for a while. Yeah. And there's part of me that can understand why, and there's part of me that can't understand why. Mm-hmm. The beginning half hour of this movie is really good, and then the last half hour of this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. And the in-between is iffy. Okay. Even by, you know, a lot of standards. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, Lazenby, uh, he's not as bad as everyone makes him out to be. I think he gets hung out to dry a lot because, one, the costuming in this one is the worst of the series. Like he does got wear him, a lot of ascots. Yeah, he's ascots. He's got the roughly shit going on. Like this is like like the Austin Powers outfits. They're like, all right, look at Lazenby. That's what you're wearing. Yeah, he's in kilt at one. Yeah, point. Yeah, I mean he just... he's in the kilt for a long time too. Yeah. And during that section where he's pretending to be someone else, yeah. they're dubbing his voice. Yeah. So he's not even you know it's that stuff hurts it so much. Were they dubbing it? Oh yeah. God, yes. Well, yes. I just I mean I wonder if he was ADRing him some his own self. No, no, it was the no, actor that was... he met earlier was dubbing in his oh, own okay. voice. The guy he was supposed to be portraying was dubbing in his own voice. Yeah, right. It was, okay. It was bad. But uh, the good. Yeah. The opening stuff's really good with uh, Diana Rigg. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Diana Rigg is really good. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, all the ski stuff, I think, is awesome. There's a lot of skiing. Oh, Yeah. Well, that's to make up for all the action they didn't have early. <laughs> Dude, in the first 30 minutes, he punches like six different dudes. He gets in a bunch of fistfights in I the know. first 30 minutes of that movie. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, but they're all so sped up, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the issue. Is It's really weird, too, because, I mean, this guy was the editor on so many of the earlier movies. Lazenby? No, the director. <laughs> no. Jackass. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 
so it's frustrating that he do- he keeps doing the speed up thing, and the worst is when he's like trying to do the hand over hand on the cable when yeah. he's waiting for the cable car to come up, and then the gears start turning, and it just uh, it just looks atrocious. It's like I, I don't know how they could have looked at the end of like Thunderball and said we need to do more of that. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, it's it doesn't it, it doesn't work. Surely but. they would have had to have screen tested Lazenby at some point to see if he could throw a punch and make it look convincing. Because I have a feeling that they got they started filming and they were like, oh dear lord, this looks like the worst thing I've ever seen. So we've got to just ah eh, just speed that up. Yeah, then he'll know. look like or, he's doing. Something. Or I don't know if the the insistence was that he do so many of his own stunts and maybe that's part of it too. Maybe. Is that they said do them slow and we'll speed them up? Yeah, and it just doesn't it just look silly. right. But I mean, what bugs me too is the fourth wall breaking in the intro sequence. That oh, really bad. bothered me. That's bad. It's a little. I mean, I understand why they do it because they're like, "Hey, it's not Connery," because he looks. At the <laughs> screen. I mean, he looks straight at the screen and says, "That never happened to the other guy." And wah, then, wah, wah. and then they get into <laughs> that awesome orchestral theme. Yeah, which. That song rules. Yeah, it's good. Although it really seemed like they were trying to not use the Bond theme in this movie. Like they were yeah. trying to they were trying to replace it with the score they used at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, because it like comes with in at one point. Secret Service. Yeah, theme. but I mean, it sort of comes in l- very late in the movie, and yep. it's obviously the first notes that you hear at the beginning. But they really don't use it at all. I know. Um, like it kind of almost shocked me when it showed up in yeah. that last twenty minutes when they're assaulting yeah. Blofeld's base. Yeah. But yeah, there's that. There's also, they go out of their way to reference the other movies when he quote unquote quits and he's cleaning out his desk and they, he pulls out the knife from, uh, from Dr. No and they play underneath the mango tree. He pulls Mm -hmm. out the, the watch with the garrote in it and, and the breathing apparatus from Thunderball Thunderball and and you hear the Thunderball theme and it's like, okay, we get it guys. You know, it's, it's like they were trying too hard to go the other way. Like. And obviously, in in retrospect, that was a tactical mistake because, I mean, everyone wants this to basically be, okay, look, they they just use the name, they use the number, and they they carry on the mystique by putting another dude in that in that position of spy, so mm-hmm. that it becomes he becomes a legendary figure. Yeah. But this movie goes out of its way to say, nope, same guy, yeah. same guy. Well, that's what really <laughs> bites him in the ass later when he comes face to face with Blofeld. Right. Who he was face to face with in the previous film as well. Yes, and even though they both look different, I mean Blofeld, no scar anymore, and it's no. because this book was set before you only live twice. Right. So why not just say it? Why not say this takes place before that somehow? Yeah, I don't know, but find for whatever a way reason to do that. But for whatever reason, because back then they didn't care about continuity. No. You know, it was like people didn't see movies like you saw it in the theater and then you might never see that movie again for yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah. So people like weren't you even know. sure, you know, it was like, did they have a scene together? I don't know. They couldn't yeah. like go back and see it. It's, mm-hmm. it wasn't available, but yeah. So that's, what's weird about watching them in order, but that's, that bugs me more than anything else. It is weird. It, it's, it's very strange. I mean, I understand the, the, the fact that this is, they based this heavily on the book and this was actually supposed to be the film before, you only live twice, and then mm-hmm. for whatever reason they switched them around. But you got to put something in there to explain that. Yeah, because as it is, it just doesn't work. Oh, it's weird. Where it's like it, he doesn't recognize Bond until Bond, being supposed to be gay, of course, <laughs> he's playing a gay character. Right. He can't has resist. already bagged two <laughs> right. of the chicks in the institute and is going for a third going one when he gets third. caught. 
And that's how they figure and out. That's he's how Blofeld's like, oh, you must be Bond because <laughs> you're boning chicks. But what also <laughs> messes it up for me too is, I mean, the Diana Rigg stuff. What bothers me about it is they have really good chemistry, the two of them, mm-hmm. when they're together. Mm-hmm. But at first, it's all they're very snippy, and she's very dismissive of Bond. Sure. Which is why that scene where he first finds her in the hotel after he saved her on the on the Baccarat table, mm-hmm. like that scene is the audition scene for Bond. Like whenever anyone auditions for Bond now, they have to play that scene. Right. So, I mean, and it's a good scene and it works well between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And then when she sees him again, you know, her dad tries to make a deal that, oh, well, yeah, that's you know, a you'll weird marry scene. her. And it's a very weird, uncomfortable like, scene, like dated scene now, obviously, because yeah. it's like. It's like, you need to break her. Yeah. She's wild, and she needs someone like you to put her in her place with a lot of sex and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's like, whoa. It is odd. <laughs> this is odd. But, I mean, Gabriel Ferzetti's really good in that, too. Like, yeah. I really like him in this movie. Yeah. He's really good. Diane Riggs really good, and Telly Savalas is really good. Yeah. And I like him better as Blofeld because he's imposing. Like, he, yeah. he looks like a guy that could beat the crap out of Bond if he wants to. Sure. But... What you get is her dismissing Bond, dismissing Bond, dismissing Bond, and then he's like, hey, let me talk to you. And then all of a sudden, it's the Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, Raindrops, he Fallen on My Head montage, mm-hmm. and suddenly they're madly in love. And Hey, man. Montages are magical. Oh, yeah. They show yeah. passing of time in a very short period of <laughs> time. Yeah, but that's, like, that's why it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Oh. It's because that's like all the romance we get from the two of them. And, right. then, and then, and then it's she that, goes away. <laughs> yeah, she goes away, and it's that interminable lock-breaking scene that is like the least. Oh yeah, the least tension of any scene in the series thus far, and might be the least tension of any any in the series ever. <laughs> Where just a machine him, does all the work. Yeah, for him. a machine's doing the work, and he's kicking back reading a Playboy <laughs> yeah. for like ten minutes. That was odd. I w- I was like, really? This is this is the cool James Bond where he just kicks back and reads a magazine while a machine does yeah. all the work. Yeah, that I mean, was weird. That scene's terrible. And then it's a lot of Bond just kind of putzing around this institute in the top at the top of the Alps, which is a great location. It's a great location. Like when they for... come in and they show that little restaurant or whatever it is yeah. that's like on the top of the freaking mountain. Yeah, it's cool. Like I just look at that thing. I'm like, how the hell did somebody build this? How did they get equipment up here to build a place like this? Swiss were crazy. Yeah, <laughs> still are. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's a good setting because they haven't used that setting yet either. Yeah, you know, like the snow, snow. and mountains and all that and right and obviously the ski chase is good the car chase is good that she saves him from later but mm-hmm. isn't there bobsledding at one point there is bobsledding. <laughs> that is the final <laughs> fight with blofeld that was weird is yeah <laughs> that, that was awesome one, yeah but, I, mean, I feel like you guys are being far 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 too critical on these movies these early movies anyway i just don't i don't think you're like quite looking at them in a in a, in a I mean, I can understand that you can judge them by the ones previous. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm judging them on. Okay. I'm judging them on Goldfinger. Okay. And I just, yeah. I mean, I I expect a certain amount of, of cheese in these early movies. And that, and I, I really oh, so like this I. one. I, I really like this one. I think there's a lot of really good stuff in this one. I mean, from the second they escape, so the, escape the villa and he meets back up with Diana Rigg, all of that is gold, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, like I said, that last half hour yeah. is awesome. I mean, that stuff is really good. Um, I mean, I think that's some of the best... I wouldn't call it intrigue. It's just that it's an interesting hide, you know, people chasing, you know, kind of kind of thing. And I just I really like how they escape through the crowd and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I actually I, I agree I, with all. That. I actually absolutely love the ending. I know it's probably the most controversial thing about the movie. Well, 
the so last grabbing... the last ten minutes is why I give this movie a pass. Okay, I, I think the last ten minutes are are just for especially for what this movie is, just an amazing achievement that that they pulled it off and and did it without it seeming you know like a setup for something else or it, it's just sort of like the end of this story a very s- s- quiet sad ending to the story which you don't get on bond movies yeah. it's really strange but i give it all the credit in the world for doing it the 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 moment between him and money penny when he throws the hat at her mm-hmm. and they sort of had this moment like you know in a different world you and i probably whatever that works for me um and then you know the whole thing at the end works for me I just, the last 10 minutes of that is great. Now, I don't think all the super spies would be attending this public wedding, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's yeah. just there's little things in this movie that I really like that pay off even way, way, way later. I mean, this is the first time you hear the, the Bond family crest and it's the world is not mm-hmm. enough. Which, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's little things. I know. When I heard that, I was like, oh, OK, yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah. Neat. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I I wished I liked it more. Because, it is not my least favorite. But it, it's a very... It feels long, and it feels like there's too long with him in Blofeld's little allergy institute thing. <laughs> there's, it's just, it's too much of it, and there's not enough going on until you get to the end, and then the end is like action, 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 and then yeah. there's, you know, the one little scene with them bonding in the barn or whatever, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> we're calling it yeah, bonding, bonding. Yeah. He does a little bonding to her, but uh, huh. he bonds her. Yeah. <laughs> but you know where they. Like I said, Diana Rigg is really good in this. I just yeah. wish there was more of her. Yeah. Does it, would you say he peels her clothes off? <laughs> yeah. That is a terrible joke. Thank you. Yeah. You were an awful yeah. human being. I know. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's... Unfortunately, it's closer to the bottom than the top for me. Okay. As far as all of them go. It's closer to the bottom of the top for me as well, but it's not the worst. And yeah, and trust me, I I appreciate these as products of their time, so it's not like... I'm hammering it unnecessarily. Yeah, there no, no, just, I just, I, I feel there like are long sequences that just don't work for me. And the, yeah. I think that's some of the things I, I like movies of this era that slow down and don't feel the need to hammer with you with action. I think that's why I like Dr. No in this one. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I like being in the base and sneaking around being, you know, sneaky in the base, you know, mm-hmm. not like having to do a thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I just like certain things like that. I, I like slowing the action down and, yeah. do, you know, being sneaky i, I just yeah. I, my biggest complaint about this whole movie is that it's it's awkward it, it and part of it is because it's the new guy yeah and they try so hard to get you to just hey it's bond just deal with it it, it it's <laughs> yeah and the romance between them feels it doesn't feel earned yeah by the time she shows back up, it just doesn't feel earned to me. And that's, I think that's what I don't like about it. I guess the only part that bothered me about the romance was that he just started banging chicks. He, oh, yeah. He couldn't stick like to his gay his undercover character and be the, in love with this woman. He was just like, nope, I'm Bond. I have to just plow this woman. Hey, yeah, <laughs> but that's there because it's a Bond kilt. movie. And yeah. I know. something on your leg. I know. And God, that's a horrible and, line. And it's even a worse line that they added to it to make it less bad. The first was like... He feels, I feel I have a stiffness coming on. And then there's a dubbed bit in the background that says, in my shoulder. And it's like, wait, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I do like the line when the guy goes into the snowplow. <laughs> he says he had lots of guts. <laughs> yeah. That's about the only one-liner of his I liked, though. Yeah. And that was graphic, too. I was surprised yeah, at how like chunky red and red chunks coming out was. of that thing. It was like uh, Fargo. Yeah. 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 
So, so I mean, it's eh. I see why a lot of people love it because it feels like a story that has like the storyline actually has weight to Bond. It does. Whereas it feels like everything he's done before that he just kind of slides through and it's like, yeah, I'm Bond. Right. So this is cool. This one feels like it has stakes for him and it has a personal thing for him. Yeah. I just don't feel it pulls it all off entirely, unfortunately. Yeah. It's awkward. It's a but, shame. You know. But also, speaking of shame. Shame. Um, shame, shame, shame. Real quick, I, I know this isn't part of the official Bond filmography, but mm-hmm. I've always sort of had a general interest in the movie, and I've seen it a couple of times, but not anytime recently to give it a real critical look. Uh, Casino Royale. Not not the Daniel Craig one, but the but the sixties one, the, the sort David of, Niven one. Yeah, the David Niven one, which is sort of a spoof, is is one of the worst things in the history of cinema. Wow, like coming from you, that's a lot. Chuck. I yeah, I mean, you you're people a man know, who knows about the worst of yeah, cinema. I mean, I've watched all thirteen witchcraft movies, and oh, I will say that <laughs> Casino Royale is such a product of that late sixties mentality of just chaos equals funny and it mm-hmm. it's not it i don't i don't even understand how people thought it was i just like 15 minutes of of quote-unquote zaniness where all of a sudden cowboys and indians and and the french foreign legion and just just everything but the kitchen sink thrown into a scene for no reason just to have a 15 minute fight is seriously awful it's it's not in any way entertaining whatsoever. I just call it that pie fight mentality of the 60s where every movie had to end with either a pie fight or just random chaos. Like a mm. fire engine will just drive through the scene and spray everyone with water and then <laughs> drive out again. That was it's the like, actual 60s, Chuck. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, well, I wasn't alive then. Now you so know. I, I know. Um, I meant the fire hose. <laughs> there's a reason, there's <laughs> a reason I never oh, even... I was avoiding that oh, joke on purpose. Geez. I wasn't. Yeah, I stepped right Thanks into for it. going there. There's a reason I... Never even considered watching that. Why? Because I know. Because you know it's terrible. I know that it like it would just make me angry even trying to sit through that. It thing. will. It'll make you increasingly angry as it goes along. And and what's more frustrating about it is it's really the only Bond related thing that ever acknowledges that Bond is a title and a number that is handed off to other people. In this movie, David Niven was the original Bond before Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And that he sort of makes fun of Sean Connery like, oh, you've got this goofy guy now blowing up half the world you know, where I was all suave and cool and did things secretly like a spy did and everything mm-hmm. like that. And so they keep referring to Connery's character throughout the movie. And then so David Niven becomes M because M dies in an explosion in a house or I don't know. But it happens. But then, like, the movie tries to find, like, five James Bond. They, they, they're, they're trying to figure out this mission to send everybody on, so they just keep picking people and naming them James Bond and sending them out into the world. And <laughs> one of them's Peter Sellers, who um, is actually really good in this. He's, he's one of the only highlights of this movie. Mm-hmm. He has some great lines of dialogue in this. Him and Woody Allen are terrific. But, man, it's, it's train wreck. Absolute train wreck. All right. So, okay. so you guys it. don't just forget it. Just it I'll doesn't watch exist. The other Casino Royale. I'm yeah, going to watch there. it at some point because I never have watched it. I've seen pieces of it. Okay. Yeah. The di- the the disc has an interview with Val Guest, who was one of the five directors of this movie. Um, which that sounds like a great idea. problem right there. And it's like a 30 minute interview, and it's pretty candid about how this no one knew what the hell they were doing on this movie. Like nobody had any clue. They they had the rights to the name of the book. 
They couldn't use anything in the book because all that stuff had been pilfered out to all the other Bond movies. Mm -hmm. So the only thing they could use was the title Casino Royale. And that's it. So he was Mm -hmm. like, wow, we started with that. And then, you know... (laughs) Everybody just showed up. Yeah, just we brought in some people and like they were over there doing their thing and it had no correlation to this thing. And then they they got all the footage together and they said, now make it work where it fits together. (laughs) Never watching this movie. (laughs) Never watching that. It just make me angry. Yeah. Let's talk about something we won't fight about, which is our universal love for the next Bond movie. Planet. Wait. Which, the next Bond movie we're going to talk about? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) This week, it's Diamonds Are Forever. Yay. And Chuck is overstating that whole universal part. (laughs) One of my favorite themes, I'll just say that. Wait, what? Because it's... It's better than I remember. Because it's uh, uh, Shirley Bassey. Oh. I I think her themes are the best. Yeah. This one, I just felt like... I don't know. I felt like she was phoning this one in. Yeah, that's how I felt. She was just saying Diamonds Are Forever over and over again. Well, I mean, you can't fault her for shitty lyrics necessarily. Well, yeah. unless she I wrote mean, them. basically, if you read the trivia for this movie, she's singing about a penis. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> what? What? That's what they told her. Just imagine you're singing about a penis. What? Yeah, she belted that motherfucker out. I know. And it, yeah. I don't know if when the the sixty the jubilee thing for the queen, mm-hmm. that old woman in England. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one, off. the Queen um, of England. Yes. Yeah, that lady. Um, <laughs> Shirley Bassey sang Diamonds Are Forever For at, her? The, at the big celebration. Wow, yeah. that's wildly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, queen, queen loves penises. <laughs> well, you know. Well, she likes to call them the royal scepter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, she knows, you know she liked penis at least once. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. But anyway. Shirley Bassey still got it, and she yeah. belted that fucker so out. She belts it out fine. I just think it's a dumb song. Yeah, I gotta go with the, on that one. Okay. So. All right. So I, I'm taking you really like Diamonds Are Forever. Loved it. Okay. For... Chuck. Completely the opposite reasons that I loved Goldfinger. I think Goldfinger is a solid movie. I think Diamonds Forever is ridiculous. <laughs> and yeah. but in a joyful way. So it just just like it got to a point where I was just like, you know what? Great. Do whatever you want, movie. I'm on board. Okay, my issue with Diamonds Are Forever. Alright. Diamonds Are Forever is what happens when you write your script on the bus on the way to school. <laughs> and you're like, what did we have that we've what do we need? All right. We need main villain. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Blofeld. Fuck. Why not? Sure. God, I was so... I had forgotten most of Diamonds Are Forever, and I was so ticked when I realized that the villain was Blofeld again. I was like, fuck. Yeah. A, another recast Blofeld. Yeah. And not but, the right choice for that dude at all. No. no Terrible but, choice. But, I mean, everything about it to me just feels like they ran out of gas and they were just what are our, what did, what plots did we toss away last time what villains did we toss away last time oh get these this gay couple let's use them cuz we we've, we've had them on the back burner we wanted to use them but they just didn't work in the other ones so mr kid mr wint let's throw them in there and then bambi and thumper that sounds fun two chicks let's just get a scene with them in there okay i mean it's yeah, I'm just I'm so glad Connery didn't phone it in. No, he he was having a lot more fun yes. than he was having in in You Only Live Twice. Oh, he couldn't give it a shit. However, that. that's he because looked, he was doing all the riggings for his new boat in, in his yeah. head the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but honestly, he like he looked like he'd aged 15 years in the four years between these two movies. It was a little jarring when you first see him. You're like, oh, <laughs> well, and then the one like they have a fucking nude scene with him. 
And he's got the fucking spare tire hanging out, walking yeah. around. She's like, oh, there's more to you, Mr. Bond. I'm like, yeah, and your fucking gut, Connery. <laughs> stopped working out, huh, buddy? Yeah, he was awfully nude in that scene. Yeah. Like, we were seeing way too much of that shot. <laughs> yeah, and Jill St. John, what is going on in that movie with her? Okay. She starts out like smart, whip smart, criminal mastermind type person. Yeah. And by the end... She's going eek. <laughs> she is... Com- she has her IQ has dropped into the fifties. She's yeah. a complete idiot by the end of that movie. Yeah, and she started out so strong and smart, and Pond fucked the smarts out right out of her. Mm-hmm. I guess because yes. I mean yeah. that scene with the machine gun at the very end—it's embarrassing. Oh. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" It is embarrassing. Well, I actually I actually watched this one with Jen, and she's like, "Man, this movie's really insulting to women." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." Like this one is worse than all the other ones are. The the misogyny in this one is amped up. I mean, it is... I mean, you, there are little moments in all the ones before it, you know, like when he's slapping girls on the ass and it's like, go away now, man talk or whatever, you know, stuff like yeah. that, where it's just like, oh, he's Bond. But this, I mean, he's like slapping women and calling them a bitch. And yeah, I mean, even though that was weird. sort of a part of the ruse and everything, it was... It was still just... Yeah, it was, it was odd. It, it was unsettling a little bit. Yeah, it... Should we even talk about the, the absolute most goofy things in this movie? Moon buggy. Moon buggy. But no, even setting up the fucking moon buggy. <laughs> Those astronauts did not what? bring character. No, that's, yes, I love that. I I lost my shit at that scene when he when he breaks into the moon landing. Mm-hmm. And the guys are faking the moon landing. And then <laughs> And they're still walking in slow motion yes, with moon gravity. Yes, it's when great. he runs by, they still move in slow motion like they're on the moon. Chasing after him like they're on the moon and he's not. <laughs> It's fantastic. Without any hesitation, jumps in that moon buggy like this is obviously going to work. This is the best escape route I have is to steal the moon buggy. Yeah, yeah, because they're faking the moon landing, so obviously the moon buggy works as a functional vehicle. Absolutely, and it does. It has crazy robot arms. The arms are going crazy. The dish is spinning on top. You wish it had had a robot voice, like "No, stop!" But (laughs) please stop stealing me. But that's the thing. So much of everything, much like. You only live twice. I appreciated it ironically. Yeah. I was laughing at it. Yeah. And I know that they want you to because, I mean, they're very cheeky about it at this point. Sure. It's like they're not playing it straight at all anymore. That's why I loved it. This movie was just basically like, yeah, whatever. Just throw that in there. Just go. Yeah, do that. That's fantastic. Just do that. I mean, the plot of this movie makes no sense because it's like MI6 is getting involved in this diamond caper for no reason at all, even though they try to explain it. The only explanation is this will be very detrimental to our company and the government. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, that's how we'll we'll deal with this. And the only reason to get Bond involved in this is because Blofeld ends up being connected to it. Yeah. That's and the that's, only reason. And there was a point, like when before he finally got up on the and and found Blofeld where I was just like, where are they going with it? Why is Bond even bothering <laughs> exactly. with any of there this? There was a huge stuff? chunk of it where it was just like, what is he doing? Why is he even here? I mean, I mean, like I did enjoy the car chase with where he's got that where he's got the red car and mm-hmm. yeah when they drive around the same uh, you know yeah, the, section of Fremont Street, of Fremont over, Street and over again where hundreds of but people are just lined up on the streets yeah, watching what it. What the fuck? Like back then, man, you yeah, could not get a then. crowd to leave watching a movie. Like New York scenes are particularly bad in the '60s. Just people standing everywhere watching the movie being filmed. I just but, can't imagine that they walk around everybody like, okay, you can stand here, but you have to sign this waiver that you may die in this car. Oh yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah back then, man, yeah, it didn't people matter. didn't care. But. Life was cheap in the '60s. <laughs> but yeah, the, the stunt driving in that was great. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And, and then they actually do. 
the uh, two wheel stunt for real. Yeah. Like that's what's crazy about yeah. like, you know, nowadays like, oh, they just did CG, whatever. Like, no, they got that car on two wheels and kept it there. Yeah. yeah. It may have had a thing, some sort of brace keeping it up. I don't know. Because no, when, they exit, are, when they yeah. exit the tunnel. Specialists that yeah. do that shit. Yeah, yeah. When they exit the tunnel and they show the bottom of the car and he yeah. comes back down. I mean, there's nothing there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some there's some great stunt work in it. And a lot of times, too, I was impressed that that Connery was actually doing a lot of the stuff like they show him driving at one point. They showed him jumping off the little tiny three wheeler. Yeah. Clearly they, it was him. Yeah. yeah. They show that they show like when he's up in that that lift to get onto the oil thing at the end. That's him. I mean, you know, I mean, I, these aren't mind blowing things. But, you know, you think about Connery at the time not giving a shit and he's sort of doing all of these things, you know, even though that scaling the building was a set. He's still hanging off this thing mm-hmm. and climbing up it and doing why, why stuff. Why were the three wheelers so tiny? I was trying to figure that out. I'm watching them. Why are these like little kid three wheelers? I don't know. They're, They're awesome. so bizarre. It's crazy. He no, looks so undignified too yeah, when he hopped yeah. on that. When they like have little flags, I'm like, yeah. oh my god, they rented these from some kids park in yeah. Las Vegas. And now the whole yes, the whole circus circus scene. What the shit is going on there? I that's when that's when the movie officially lost me because I'm like, what the fuck is going? Why is this in this movie? The elephants playing the slot machine. <laughs> And then and the gorilla attacking the, the, the... Uh, that that uh, that actually made me laugh because I was like, God, that was that was an amazing time when they could just fucking freak kids out and everybody yeah. was like, That's funny. Yeah. Kids are running away screaming. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, the, yeah, that whole thing was weird. Just just him being in Circus Circus was weird. Like him dealing with, with rednecks in Vegas felt dirty to me. Like like this is not the exotic locale that no. Bond needs to be in. This no. is gross. Yeah, he this, needs to go to the French Riviera and play back right yeah. not Vegas. It's like when he yeah. showed up in that first casino. And it's shitty in his, old Vegas, yeah. too. Well, he shows up in that first casino with his tux on, and I'm like, dude, you are way overdressed for this place. I wish he'd had sort of a moment where it was just like, oh, <laughs> these people are rednecks. But. I, yeah. And, yeah. I, I, but you love it. I do because it's I, I love it for for and, and it was the one that made me laugh out loud the most. There there was one scene early on and it's so funny how different the first half of this movie is than the second. Like like that elevator fight without music is done really well yeah. for like how would two people fight in an elevator like this? It would be mm-hmm. awkward and they would be clamoring into things and you know they they wouldn't have a lot of room to maneuver and it would be just this clumsy fight. They do that well. But there's like the scene where Bond gets a phone call and it's like Peter Franks or whatever has escaped and and they cut back to the scene where Bond was and he's not there anymore and the music just goes blah it. It's just like what? <laughs> well, I love that he's in the he's in the street doing the hug yourself and make it look like oh yeah, out oh someone. yeah, he does the Ralph Mouth bit of, <laughs> of making out with yourself. Uh, it was like good one, Bond. <laughs> but you know, just they teach you that in spy school. Yeah. But just like with the when Plenty O'Toole shows up, I'm just uh, like, really? Plenty O'Toole? <laughs> Jesus Christ. The, you've officially lost your minds on these names. And I, it's funny because like when I saw The Rock again and he's, you know, when Nicolas Cage comes in and says, my name is Stanley Goodspeed. And he's like, but of course you are. I was like, OK, everyone knows that's a Bond line. But then like watching all these, I was like, he hasn't said it yet. When does he say it? So <laughs> finally, this is the movie where mm-hmm. I'm Plenty O'Toole. But of course you are. <laughs> And then, you know, him saying but of course wrong pushy and about <laughs> like did a spit take when that happened. Like when he said that, I was I don't know. There there was just so many things in this that just made me laugh. The, the, the thing that made me most mad, though, was the the opening sequence, because it's so badly done. He, he should it, he should have this bloodlust for Blofeld, which he sort of is trying to convey without ever acknowledging why. 
Like, mm-hmm. he never acknowledges why, ever. The only other thing they do is when Money Penny asks him to bring back a ring, and he gives her a weird look. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. But that's it. They, they, they never really acknowledge the end of the other movie at all. It's just like, okay, he's pissed off he wants to kill Blofeld. He thinks he kills Blofeld, and time to move on. And then when Blofeld reveals that he's back, he's just sort of like, oh. And it bugs me that that guy was in You Only Live Twice also as yeah. an informant. I know. Like, it's like, oh, come on. I know. The casting's always... It's just, there's another Felix Leiter... You know, like like the sixth Felix Leiter. No, that's great, though. <laughs> that I don't care about. And yet again, it's a totally different build and stature and accent on the guy. It's like they don't even try. Yeah, the only Felix Leiter that actually looked like it was probably a field agent was the one in Dr. No. Yeah. Everyone else has been like this dumpy little guy. Yeah, it looks like yeah. he's been sitting in a cop car eating donuts all day. <laughs> right. I know. So, yeah. I just, you know, for, for Connery's last film, I thought he had a good time and it translated over into yeah. the yeah. film for me. I just, I'm afraid this is going to be my lowest one. Oh, it is yeah. my lowest oh, thus far also. Oh, come on. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it, my it, God. It's, it's, it's just, just a schizophrenic movie. The first part is, the first half is good and serious mostly. Yeah. And then it just evolves into that whole second act insanity of the moon buggy and circus circus. <laughs> yes. And then it like kind of comes back around to being serious where, you know, they do the infiltrate the base and switch the tapes and then it just gets goofy again and <laughs> i love that that let the like blowfield's plan is never even the focus of the movie like like he's holding the the countries of the world at ransom and never once do you see the negotiation or anything it's just like i'm holding them for ransom cut okay they've given in to your demands it's like there's not even any interaction yeah at all i i just love that, that blowfield's plan in all these is crazy ass space bullshit except for honor majesty's secret service where he's running an allergy clinic <laughs> yeah. well it was a mind control clinic i know but i'm just but still in I'm you just, only live twice he's eating spaceships and, and yeah. this he's giant space diamond laser i'm just glad this is the last blofeld centric plot because of the lawsuit that happened yeah that th- from that point forward they're like we can't use blofeld anymore I'm, to me thank god yeah because like i after this one, I'm like, I'm done with Blofeld just doing stupid shit. Well, they should have just had they should have had some other big bad in lurking in the background, not always the main villain. Yeah, bigger than Blofeld guy. Like, okay, yeah. okay, Blofeld, like a new you number fucked one. up for the well, last time. They should have had him give him a chance to actually catch and kill Blofeld, which arguably he did in this one again. Yeah, you know, I mean, but I mean, still, there should have been that moment where it's like, okay, Blofeld's dead now. There's a new number one of of Spectre. Yeah, because they established that in one movie where it's like there are all these, you know. Yeah, and Thunderball, Number, yeah. everyone reports in. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then that's, you never see that again. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't necessarily agree that it was bad that, like, Spectre goes away, and, I mean, I don't think Spectre goes away, per se. Spectre say, does also. Yeah, does it? Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's just, like, at that point, it's always random Bond villain yeah, before the movie. Yeah, it's crazy person. There's never, I kind of like the overarching plot of the early ones. Yeah. Yeah. There's like some evil organization that's as powerful as MI6. That's, that's kind of yeah, the thing that... I'd say so, but... With this one, it just feels like, all right, we've already treaded all this ground. Sure. Already. Yeah. I just, it would be nice to see, it would be nice to see it come back to like modern times where script writing might actually be important, where it's Mm -hmm. not just a crutch, but you could actually create a, you know, an X-Files style conspiracy plot. Well, I thought that's what they were trying to do in the first Daniel Craig one, because they mentioned the whole Spectre thing. They sort of rename it. What is it? Quantum? Isn't that what they're calling them now? Yeah. Is that why it's called Quantum of Solace? But there's not an, there's still not an overarching plot. No. But I so, think it might come around. Yeah. I just wish yeah. they'd get their shit in And I will say they showed the uh, IMAX preview for IMAX trailer oh, that was for Skyfall. Way too much fucking cuts for the screen that big, I gotta say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, man, what I saw, I was like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in. He did, he Not does, that I wasn't before, but... He does one thing in the new trailer, crap. and I was like, okay, sold. 
officially sold again. So anyway, anyway. diamonds are forever. Best Bond of all time. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bottom of the Connery <laughs> list. No, 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 dude. It's bottom of the all list up to this point. I, I still like watch Casino Royale. I'm not. No, no, not <laughs> counting. Not the actual, you will have official a new. Ones. You will have a new appreciation. Official ones. Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, we got a voicemail. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> proper introduction, no less. 